Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series on Just Like Jesus. A special time where I can think back and even as a child remembering, you know, the time with family, enjoying that on Christmas Eve and then laying down and going to bed and as a, as a child trying to go to sleep, knowing that there were going to be gifts the next day and looking and, and trying to figure out what I might get, what I might not, but it would be hard to go to sleep because you'd be restless just thinking about what there was to come. Sometimes I knew some of the gifts that I was getting because I had snooped just a little bit. Sorry, Mom and Dad, if you're back there. But it's one of those things that as I've gotten older, I would start thinking, fast forward a few years, and I start thinking about my kids. I start thinking about the gifts that I would be giving. I started thinking about, and that excitement changed from trying to figure out and looking forward to the gifts that I would get as a child to now, you know, looking and seeing some of the gifts that I would be giving, even as an older teenager and college student, the excitement of seeing others receive a gift and thinking about the reaction that there would be on their face thinking about how they would use it, how they would enjoy that. And thinking about that gift that I would give, and just, just it was just a joy as I would lay there on Christmas Eve trying to go to sleep. And a few years back, I began to wonder, I wonder if that's what God felt. As he knew that he was giving the world the greatest gift that has ever been given. I wonder if he felt that joy, that excitement of knowing. And then I began to think. And I would put myself in that picture of that Christmas night, that first Christmas. And I would think about this baby laying in a manger. I wish that I could have been that firsthand witness to that. And how incredible to think about this baby laying there, swaddled up, that's the Savior of the world. And I would think about what would it be like to be those shepherds out in that field and all of a sudden this miracle that we have been praying for for hundreds of years was now here. To think about and to witness these angels that were just laying out the coming of the Messiah. The Christ has come. This baby is born. And I would lay there a couple of years back and I would think about if I had been able to witness that firsthand, what would that have been like? Christmas Eve has always been a special time in my life and in my family's life. And I hope and I pray that it is for you as well as you enjoy this incredible Christmas Eve. I want you to pause just for a few moments. And as Dustin was kind of capturing that first Christmas, if you will, I want you to really contemplate the Christmas story and how that one event that happened over 2,000 years ago changed 
human history. History has been rewritten. Calendars have been changed. That one event that took place over 2,000 years ago is monumental, is foundational for everything that we believe. That one event that took place some 2,000 years ago offers hope and healing to each and every one of us. As I sit around and even as I walk the streets today, I look at how many people are so disoriented, if you will, when it comes to Christmas. Even as a nation, Christ has been somewhat removed. It's not politically correct, even in schools, even in government. And the sad thing is, even in some churches, they have removed Christ. Christmas has lost this meaning. And for so many people, anxiety, stress, worry, depression, loneliness, and just relational tension exist all around. I want to read back over that Luke chapter 2 piece of scripture that we have that captures the narrative and the essence of Christmas. Starting in verse 8, it says, that night shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their sheep. Again, it was just an ordinary night, and they were just doing their regular routine of just kind of hanging out. They were shepherds just taking care of sheep, and that all of a sudden, the divine interrupts just a commonplace evening. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. The shepherds were frightened, but the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. It will be for everyone. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord is born tonight in Bethlehem. Suddenly, the angel was joined by an angelic host, host of others, praising God, singing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to all. You know, as I've been contemplating again, just this whole Christmas narrative, it's kind of a new way to contemplate it for me this year. Yeah, we've had kids and we've seen our kids grow, but today being able to hold and see my little three-month-old grandbaby And I'm like, he doesn't have a clue of all these gifts that are going to be given and people wanting to bless him. But I just, I was looking at him going, man, what will this look like next year and next year? And, you know, you sit there and you just start to contemplate again the power of the Christmas narrative, at least I do. And I've been just kind of pondering again what it means that good news, the gospel, great joy. Man, those are powerful words, especially in our society today. I I believe every person is looking for good news. I mean, in the midst of all the stress and the hecticness, and even over the last weeks, we're just kind of, no matter where you stand, but I'm like, okay, we've got impeachment, and we've got people dogging other people and criticizing other people, and, and, and people just putting people down. And if we ever needed good news, we need it now. And if people ever needed to be filled with great joy that transcends happiness, we're talking about the joy of the Lord that 
can become central in a person's life that shapes everything we need it now. And even the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy, and it will be for everyone. I mean, up until that time, the Jews were God's favored people. And even as the angel makes this proclamation that Gentiles and Greeks and those that did not come from the royal lineage of pedigree, this is for everyone, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord is born. I want to play on these two words, Savior and Lord. And I want you to think about it. Jesus is the Savior. The word salvation, when you start to study it, even his name, Jesus, means God is our salvation. Yeshua, Joshua of the Old Testament, means God is our salvation. So Jesus, God is our salvation. Salvation implies a couple of different things, and we need to consider this. It, one, it, it implies that we're being rescued from, but it also implies that we're being delivered to. I think a lot of times, especially in the Southern culture, the Bible Belt, people hear the gospel and they think that Jesus came to rescue me from, true, but the biggest part of the gospel is he came to deliver us to himself. He came to rescue us from the stable misery of pain and chaos and condemnation and shame and fear and guilt. When he comes, he comes to rescue us from the domain of darkness. He's Savior. But he comes to deliver us to hope and to love and to purpose and to freedom. You see, when a person experiences God's salvation and the angel declares, I bring you good news of great joy, it'll be for everyone, for tonight is born to you in the city of Bethlehem, a Savior. He wants to rescue you and he wants to deliver you into the hands of the Father. And he's desiring to fill each and every one of us with his Holy Spirit. He wants to free us. I read not long ago that if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. And if our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. And if our greatest need had been money, God would have sent a banker. But our greatest need was forgiveness, and God sent a Savior. I want you to think about that. When he comes, he's come to offer his life as a ransom for many. He's come to, to save us. You know, a lot of people think, hey, I'm okay, I'm not that bad. You're confused. The person who's come to the realization that I am lost and I am alienated and separated, I am distant from God, that person has a prayer. But the person who thinks, no, I'm okay, I've still got some strategies and solutions and I've got some things that I can do to, to kind of make this life work, you're lost. God knew we needed a savior. I wrote this a few years back as I started thinking about the pain as I see in people's lives. And I, I was like, why is it? Even family members and others that I know, they're, they're just stuck. But I wrote this a few years back and I was sharing it with Nick. It was days before Christmas, his world so confused with sorrow and emptiness, he turned to his booze. A 12-pack later, he walked through the mall, gifts for the family, a bike and a ball, 
Drunk and exhausted, he pondered his life. What is the meaning of this chaos and strife? A tree in the corner, gifts wrapped below. Santa and Rudolph, a twig of mistletoe. Searching for answers, he called an old friend who told him of Jesus and how it began. Christmas has meaning was the echoing sound. It's a person, not a present. That's where true hope is found. You may be searching for purpose in love and You've tasted the world and never looked above. Cry out to Jesus, repent, and believe. He's the greatest gift you'll ever receive. I started thinking, there's so many people that are in our world today, that are in even the town of Loganville today, and that's their narrative, Steve. They're sedating. They're medicating. And they need to know that there is a God that loves them. And there is a God that became flesh in the person of Christ. That the entire Christmas narrative is not about eggnog and it's not about parties. But it's that God has come to earth in the person of Christ. And he was willing to become the sacrificial lamb that would save us once and for all. He's Savior. He's Messiah. Messiah means he's the anointed one and the appointed one from God. But he's also Lord. He's Lord. God announced some 2,000 years ago, hello earth, this is my son. You shall call his name Jesus. I'm giving him to you. I'm trusting my only begotten to you. He's going to breathe your air, and he's going to eat your food, and he's going to walk your streets. And you're going to hold him tight tonight. But as he grows, will you receive him as Lord? Will you put your faith and trust in him? Will you love him? Will you follow him? I'm giving you my only son, the most precious commodity that I have. I'm going to give him to you. What, what, what are you going to do with him? He's Lord. He came to earth as a human. He was born as a baby. He grew, the scripture says. He grew in wisdom, stature. He grew in favor with God, in favor with man. He was tempted, faced pressures and pain like you and I do. And he willfully walked the Via Della Rosa where he would die a criminal's death on a cross. And on the third day, he was raised again because he is Lord. The word Lord means master, supreme king, sovereign over everything, the one who is in full control. When we say that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord, over 600 times in the New Testament, the word Lord is mentioned. Lord, he is master, he is the authority, he is the ruler, he is the king. Tonight there is born for you in Bethlehem. A Savior, Messiah, who is Lord, he's master, he's ruler. Even Isaiah would prophesy. His name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. He's, he's Lord. The Lord's going to be born. And I think about that oftentimes, that even when you go back and study Scripture during the times of Christ, the Romans and others would say, Caesar is Lord. 
And as they started following Jesus, these followers of Christ would say, Jesus is Lord. And as a result of making the statement that Jesus is Lord, they would be put to death. They would be killed because they would not be placing their allegiance, if you will, in Caesar. They were saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. And they were willing to die for it. So when we contemplate that Jesus came as Savior and Lord, again, in the South, I've heard people say, well, I know him as Savior, but I just don't know him as Lord. It's impossible because he invites us to trust the fullness of who he is. We can't divide his offices. We can't just select the part of him that we like. So I was thinking through, you you know, when I say that Jesus is Lord, I'm declaring that he's more than just a good teacher. He's more than just a prophet. I'm declaring my commitment and resolve to place everything before him as the one who now rightfully owns me. She was holding that night, Savior, Messiah, Lord. And he invites us into a relationship. I didn't come to condemn you. I didn't come to beat you up. I, I love you. Romans 10.9 says that if we will confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, we can be saved. We can experience salvation. I would encourage you as we kind of pause for a bit and move into a time of prayer. If you've never repented and received the Christ of Christmas, he is Savior, Glenn. He is Lord. He is Messiah. He is the anointed one of God. And he invites us to repent and to say, I want to receive the gift of God. I promise you, it is the ultimate, greatest, nothing compares to it gift that you'll ever receive. And then as you allow the Christ to come in, and as he desires to fill you with his Holy Spirit, and you allow the Holy Spirit to permeate you, he becomes our guide and the lover of our soul. And he wants to lead us every day for his glory. That is the greatest news that I know that exists on the planet today. Let's pray. Thank you so much for watching the message today. We hope that this message inspired you and challenged you as you watched it. I encourage you to check out our website. It's thecrossloganville.org. There's a lot of information about our church there uh, that maybe can help you answer some questions about who we are. And don't forget that on our website, we have old messages and archived series. So you can spend a lot of time there learning and exploring. If you have any questions, you can contact us via the web or you could call us at the church at 770-554-3322. Thanks again for watching.